All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, what's good, everybody? Happy Thursday. It's Nick Alberga and guest co-host Anthony Stewart as we get set for another matchup in the first meeting of the season between the Leafs and the Bruins presented by Botano. Of course, what's going on, Stewie? How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Really, uh, really up and at him today. I just had my uh, espresso, so I'm going to be buzzing. What do you think uh, Pierre Dorian's up to today? Uh, probably going to the bank to make sure his check got hit. Uh, I know he did resign, but um, I think for him, you know, I think he's proud of the work that he'd done, right? Yeah, he made a mistake probably with the communication error with regards to, uh, you know, some of the transpirings over the last uh, couple, uh, you know, weeks and months. But again, with a new ownership coming in into uh, Ottawa, you know, the writing was on the wall. So whether it happened now or down the line, uh, I think he knew that uh, his days were uh, numbered in Ottawa. Stu, there's a bunch of things on a daily basis that leave me pondering life. That was among them yesterday on Wednesday. Just the incompetency behind the job. I was wondering, like, can I be a GM in this league? Do you think you can pick up tomorrow and be a GM in this league? Because that's the way it was portrayed under Pierre Dorian. Like half the time, he didn't even cut his hair for interviews. So, <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, I'm doing multiple things. One of it is, uh, you know, I own a or I'm a president of a junior B franchise. And whatever I don't know, it's my responsibility to surround myself with people that do know. So whatever my weaknesses are, it's up to me to bring people around that that's my strength. But, you know, I look at it from, you know, what a GM's main priorities and main roles and responsibilities are. And I think he did his job and that's drafting, developing and retaining top end talent. And you look at the groundwork and the body of work he did the last five, six years, you know, you have two, three, four stars, maybe a couple superstars, and that was all on your watch. So, yeah, you know, I hear all the stuff about the media interviews and, you know, the sound bites here and there, but he did his job. So whoever steps in, I know Steve Steos is coming in on an interim level. He laid the groundwork and uh, cleared the pathway for years to come. So, uh, you know, I'm sure based on that, he'll land on his feet. And I think the real question is now what's going to happen with uh, DJ Smith. But you heard uh, Steos mention yesterday, like, hey, yeah, I'm really excited about the coaching staff. But I'm sure they'll be putting their stamp uh, on the coaching uh, as well down the line. And if you're unfamiliar with the story, it all stems from something like a couple of years ago. I don't know why it's coming to fruition now, but pretty much uh, Dadnov, I believe, signed a three-year contract. Evgeny Dadnov, who's now with the Dallas Stars, signed a three-year contract with the Ottawa Senators. It included a, a limited no trade or something to that effect. He was dealt to the Vegas Golden Knights, and pretty much uh, Vegas wasn't notified that he had a no trade clause, right? And then you move forward to the deadline after, 
Dadnov's traded to the Anaheim Ducks for Vegas to find out that he did, in fact, have a no trade. But the thing I don't understand, like, what is Central Registry doing? Like, don't these people use these websites that have, like, contracts, cap friendly and and all that, where it's like the contract's there and it says that the player has a no trade? Like, that's what I don't understand. But, again, I I think they made the right decision. Uh, As a GM in this league, you have to know the contractual status of your players, no? Uh, Absolutely. And, again, (laughs) some of these hockey departments have five, six, seven people, you know, whose job that is to know. But uh, I'm not going to use this opportunity to criticize the league. But, you know, after the lockout in 2005, they rolled all the salaries back uh, by 24%. And the league forgot to roll me back. So I was getting my full paychecks. I was balling that summer. And then the next season, I opened up my paycheck it says zero so they overpaid me by hundreds of thousands of dollars and they had to recoup it so i played for free i think for the first two months of the season (laughs) it happens it happens mistakes happen but at the end of the day it is a business and there's accountability as uh and lauer mentioned and uh there's sometimes you have to pay for those is that the first ever time you've told that story publicly? Because that's incredible No, i've told it all the time man i was you should have saw me that summer wow wow balling out of control like everybody's like, shit, I'm making no money. And there's Stewie riding in a convertible or what? Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, looking like uh, Chubbs from uh, Miami Vice cruising around. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. So again, that's Anthony Stewart. I'm Nick Alberga. Thank you to everybody for subscribing on a daily basis at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube. Again, we're available wherever you find your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Take as we get set for the Leafs and Bruins and plenty ahead of uh, on the show regarding that conversation for sure. Brought to you by DoorDash, it's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners slash viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's NATION25. Reminder, it's uppercase for NATION25. Please note the offer is currently only valid in Canada. Subject to change, terms apply. So here we go, the first of four meetings on the season between the Leafs and the Bruins, and I think the big story for me is Tyler Bertuzzi, who was very successful in his short time last year after getting dealt the deadline from Detroit, goes back to the TD Garden tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a, a ceremonious return. I think he only played X amount of games there, but he had a really decent uh, uh, end of the season and playoffs for that uh, Boston Bruins team too. And I think for him, he's still just got to find a way to uh, find his footing. And, you know, sometimes it's tough playing with the top guys, right? And sometimes you get intimidating. I remember myself as a player, I try to change my game up, trying to be a little bit more uh, skilled and make plays, but his game is inside, outside, getting to the net. You've seen the goals that he's scored. I think he's just got to be the best version of himself and not try to say, Hey, you know what? I need to be a top line left winger that complements these superstars. So um, for him going back, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the scrutiny on, on some of the other top line players is based on him struggling a little bit, but it takes time. Six new forwards, including Nyes in this group with now with the Leafs. It's going to take time to build that chemistry, build where guys go on the ice. Yes, they're professionals. They're played lot, paid lots of money. They need to know what to do and figure it out a lot sooner than later. But um, if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm not pushing the panic button and I'm not juggling the lines every single day in practice. You got to let it set a little bit. We're going into game 10. Uh, so I think another two, three games, you'll sort of know exactly what you got with this group. So ideally, I mean, what's the best fit, right? Because I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed so far with a guy like him is like, where does he fit? Like he's looking for his identity still. Like we all know how, he, how the Leafs want him to play, but I think he's sort of a player caught in the middle in flux trying to figure out what he truly does and what he should do for this team, no? Yeah, and I think part of that comes with accountability, right? And, you know, you see Nyes come out of college last year, step into a top six role, and he's sort of balancing, you know, around 12, 13 minutes a night. I'd like to see him maybe get a little bit of a bigger opportunity. But I think for the plan with bringing in Bertuzzi was, you know, you expected 25, 30 goals. So I don't think he's anywhere on track towards that. But it's... You know, the fans don't want to hear this. It's tough coming into Toronto. It's tough with the scrutiny in the media. And it's great when you're winning. But, you know, there's players that don't want to get micromanaged and under the microscope for what happened in the second period of game six. And, you know, when I played, um, you know, there was guys turning down millions and millions of dollars because they just didn't want to have to deal with it. You saw what Johnny Goudreau in Columbus he can have a bad month. No one's talking about it. Maybe you no. are, Muzzy, because you remember the days in Calgary. But, oh, I do. Uh, it's, it's a tough, tough market. And I really applaud the guys that step up because for me, 
it's tough, but I I wish, you know, I wish I had the opportunity to play in Canada. I felt I would have a better career if I did. Uh, I I would love, um, you know, walking into public and someone saying, Hey, Stu, you got to pick it up just the game. I would have next game. So I think for Bertuzzi, there's still a bit of a feeling out process, but he was brought in to put up some numbers. And I think he's got to start doing that a lot sooner than later. Don't worry, Tyler Bertuzzi. It could be worse. You could be Jonathan Huberto watching that game last night. I'm like, how did this guy get 110 points in the NHL? He got 10 and a half sheets per year and he's not even on the ice for the final two minutes of the game. He doesn't deserve to be on the ice and they have Connor Zeri, a rookie in favor. It's problematic. It is scary. But I wanted to ask you, like, I have a thing with revenge games. You know this, like I run an alias account at NHL Revenge. I love when players play their former teams because A, I love it from a betting standpoint. You you extract so much value and B, I just want to know what goes into the phenomenon of like a revenge game and a player returning. Like, not not to, to, to break out too much, but the Botano wrap-up is going to revolve uh, to an extent around Tyler Bertuzzi. I think he's in store for uh, a marquee night. Um, and certainly, uh, it seems to be that way every time a player plays their former mates. Did you get up for games against your former teams? Well, you know, to say it doesn't matter, that's, that's an understatement. It definitely does matter. And it starts as soon as you get into the rink in the morning where... You know, your name's written on the board with a big, big question mark on how much money you're putting on the board. So yeah. I think for Pertuzzi, he didn't play there too long. So maybe a thousand bucks. But again, I think he does that because he wants to motivate himself and having a big, big night. You want to show, hey, yes, I did sign a $5 million contract. I am a great player. I want to perform. So I'm going to find ways to, to try to motivate myself. So I think putting some money on the board at uh, the morning skate today will help motivate him. Um, but Again, he's playing with some superstars, and I think they want to see him do well. So, you know, I'm not a really a betting guy, but I would be, you know, putting the over on whatever his shot count is today, too, because I think he's going to be shooting the puck. Guys are going to be getting the puck because they want him to come out of this slump. So um, for me personally, you know, going into Florida, there was no Jumbotron tribute. Uh, they were they were they were waiting to get me and ship me out of town. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll end up back in Atlanta uh, as an analyst or a GM or you never know. But uh, it's definitely motivating for sure. It has become egregious to pretty much every player in this league. Like Dennis Malgan, I think, got a video tribute last year. Like, what are we doing now, right? It's it's like Justin Hall is going to get one. Like, we're at a point where every player... I understand why they started it, Stewie. Like, it's for the premier players. Like, let, let's say a good row goes back to Calgary, a Huberto to Florida. But, like, I, I think it's gone off the deep end now. And maybe it's just the society we live in. It's like, oh, thank you for your time playing seven games for this franchise. What's the cutoff though? I, I want to know that. There like, is no cutoff. I have a hundred points. What do you think it should be? Like, I'm trying to think like, what is the guy where you're like, yeah, I think he might, I think he might deserve one. Who's that? Like, well, what is that cutoff? <laughs> I think to me, you have to have, let's say you're like an Adam Lowry and you're the captain of a team. I know you're playing predominantly third line minutes. You're getting one top six guys for sure. Like there has to be a cutoff where it's like, yeah, you were relevant to this team. What about Pierre Engvall? Guys who were like Does Engvall get one? Hugged. Pardon me? Does Pierre Engvall get one? Of course he's going to get Do one. Do you think he should get one? No. Hmm? Although he got a seven-year contract. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that one out. Okay, how about this one? Okay, what about Rasmus Sandin? Does he deserve one? Uh, probably not, no. <laughs> oh, man, okay, just an extent of like where this has gone. I don't know if you saw this last week. I thought it was hilarious. So many thanks to producer Aaron for bringing it up in the chat. Uh, Jonathan Quick got a video tribute. I know it was a spoof. It was a joke because he was uh, a Columbus Blue Jacket for seven minutes. But I I think stuff like that is hilarious. But I think we're at a point where we got to stop the madness, man. Like, I think, again, the intention of these video tributes were for the marquee names who are the memorable names of the franchise where it's like, here's your chance to say thank you. A quick clap, quit twirl on the ice. Like, now you're just welcoming everybody back. Like, why don't you welcome back the ushers? You know, like... Yeah, I, but I think I, I think it is some of these guys when they leave town, they're not sure if they were <clears throat> loved or beloved uh, in that city. And I think it's good just to recognize them saying, hey, you know what? I could have left on the worst terms, but at least they're recognizing me coming back. It adds some closure. So I think it's more for the feelings of the players. So um, I never got one. I never got one going back to Florida or or Carolina. So but I, I wish I did. I wish I did. Yeah, because last week, too, Alex Tabrinka made his return. Like, that's understandable. He's a marquee name. And then on top of that, I want to see him get booed, right? Like, I don't know. I think we just got to a point where it's just a bit too much. But nevertheless, um, I think it's a good spot for the Leafs tonight. Tyler Bertuzzi's lucky he won't have to contest with uh, Charlie McAvoy, right? No McAvoy for this game. Matt Grizzlick's still out for the Boston Bruins. The Leafs need to find a way to take advantage of that. And 
and certainly a player, a defenseman of the oak of McAvoy not being in the lineup. That's good news for the Maple Leafs, no? Yeah, the and again, I know the sky's falling a little bit with the performance against the LA Kings, and they sort of need a, a win, um, you know, tonight. And just talking about that McAvoy hit, you know, there's been some debate on, you know, how many games he should have got for me. You know, uh, you know, I showed a hit that I had one year and I asked somebody how many games I got. And they said, ah, you know, three, four. I said, I didn't even get a call. I got zero <laughs> games. So that was acceptable back then. They so I understand didn't have your now. Number, though. They didn't have your phone number. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have my BlackBerry pin. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think for that, like the game has changed and you don't want to see those hits, especially now what we know about brain injuries and, and, and that. Um, and again, I coach kids and I tell them, if you're going to now find a guy unsuspecting, try to find a way to get a piece of the body. And again, it just shows how fast the game is. You do that hit 10 times, maybe five or seven of those times you actually get a piece of the body. It's so quick, but you know, four games. Yeah, I can live with that. Uh, I think if McAvoy can go back and change his course, he probably would adjust his pathway and try to get a piece uh, of OEL's body. So um, I don't, I don't like seeing those hits. I've done some of those hits. I've been on the receiving end uh, and I'm happy to see that the league's doing its best to try to curve them and get them out of the game. Is it bad to say that if I'm a team, if I'm a supporter, let's say the Boston Bruins, I don't mind a suspension like that. Like when's the last time a Leafs defenseman got suspended or a, a player on the Leafs got suspended for a dirty hit? Maybe it's insensitive well, to think that way. Man, well, you like, say that and, you know, Kadri did it and you guys ran him out of town. Everybody ran him out of town because of those hits, right? But right. Um, it's, you know, for me, like when I played against teams with a guy that was, you know, again, I always play, I played with Patrick Coletta and he oh, would yeah. kill guys probably about nine times a game. And we had to go to him like, Hey man, like we don't want to yeah. fight tonight and fight your battles. Please don't hit anybody. And then he'd go run somebody with three seconds left in the game in a five, two. So it's good to have those guys. But you know, for me, you know, when I was on the ice, I had to keep my eyes open for guys like that. So it actually made me play <clears throat> a little bit smaller, but more aware where I wasn't really focused on the puck and making plays. So when you have a guy out there that, you know, can make a big, big hit at any given moment, it actually is a detracting factor to the opposing team. And McAvoy is like a 10 bell defenseman in this league. I think from the least perspective, it's obviously a win. Having said that, they know they're always going to get Boston's best, and I expect no different in this game. The Bruins have been an impeccable story early on in the season. By the way, Jake McCabe's not going to play again. Um, they said he could skate today, I believe, but it seems like he dodged a bit of a bullet. Like, you've played the game, obviously, at a high level. Groin is nothing to fuck with, man. Like, even in beer league, I have hurt my groin, and you got to make sure you, you're, you're, you're better than 100% coming back from that type of injury, you know? Yeah, I... Uh... When I went to Russia, believe it or not, uh, they messed up my skate blades where I was like two millimeters off. One was short, two millimeters shorter than the other. And I actually had a tear in my groin. So here I am now listening to the Russian doctor. He's like, oh, you want a needle? I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't want a Russian needle. So <laughs> I ended up uh, playing with it. It's so painful. And again, there's a lot of technology right now with, um, you know, the doctors and their treatments and their core shorts and stuff like that. But that is something you don't want to mess with, because if you don't let it heal, it gets worse and worse and worse. And just the pain of playing with that. And I couldn't imagine playing with a groin injury, being an older guy now, just seeing how not just fast the guys are, how quick. And that's the one thing is when you're making any quick jolting moment uh, movements with your groin, uh, it's tough and it can make it worse. So let them rest up. It's a long season. I would even give them an extra week because those nagging injuries, uh, especially with the groin, it's something that it is painful for pretty much the whole entire year. Especially early in the season, too. I mean, you don't want a chance what's to happen here in the second half. You think a guy like Jake McCabe is going to be a you know, big-time factor, you think, in the success of your season. Not to mention, one way or another, I really haven't noticed William Legison, who's been filling in, which I think is the most um, the biggest compliment I can give a player like William Legison that you really haven't noticed him. So that's good news. Uh, this game preview is brought to, brought to you excuse me, by the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool, which is now live. Um, I didn't start off on a good foot last night. I took Jonathan Huber to pick up a point. He did not. The easy call would have been Jason Robertson to pick up a point, which he did in that game. But again, head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com where you can create a username and password and start playing immediately. Essentially, it's a season-long NHL fantasy game that runs weekly Monday to Saturday where users will be able to make their selection each day and advance accordingly. And the best thing about it, you can play the likes of me, Rosie, Frank Saravalli, we're all in the mix. Tyler, your M. Chuck. So please uh, head on over dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com for more details on how to play 
And the best part about it, you can win some free Wendy's, which sounds fantastic. Yum. <laughs> Love the breakdown. You should have gave, okay, gave me a call because I called it yesterday that, uh, you know, everyone was talking about Tage Thompson struggling yesterday. And I said, you know what? He's probably going to get up to a point a game. He's going to be after tonight. He'll be at a point a game. I think he had three points last night. So if you need oh, any dude. tips, give me a call. Give me a call. Yeah, I'm going to have to give you a call. Maybe we put a team together for the survivor pool. But the thing about Tage Thompson, and he doesn't get enough credit, he's doing this at like six foot seven, man, as a forward. Like, I, I really, I mean this the best way possible. The guy's a freak. The way he skates, the way he shoots the puck. And I think he's like a unicorn in this league. Like, find me a player at his position who is that big, who plays that way. Can you? No, it's it's tough. And the, the one person that comes to mind for me is I, I played with, uh, who was it, Victor Kozlov. And that was like 15, I think 19 years ago. I think it was like 18 coming into the league too. And, you know, what I'm most amazed by, just like his flexibility and how he, yeah. you know, gets from one side of his body to the other and just, just the rotational stretching and how he does that to make plays. It's tough to really explain there, but I'm just amazed by that and how coordinated he is. And usually when guys are that big, you know, they have slow feet or they're not as quick. So for him to have those big, heavy boots moving and making plays and, you know, you know, the one thing he has is that shot. It's a rocket. So he, he's definitely is a unicorn. And again, if I'm teams right now, you know, drafting, I'm looking at players in that ilk. And there's a couple actually this year in this year's draft. So I'm, I'm taking flyers on those guys for sure. If they're definitely and of course, anything close to being Tate Thompson. Yeah. Pardon me. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we're going to see Tate Thompson on Saturday night, the Buffalo Sabres in town to take on uh, the Leafs. So we'll get a pretty good look at that. And certainly the conversation about best American player in the world is going to come up again. Austin Matthews. Um, however, and the Maple Leafs getting set for the Boston Bruins tonight, Stewie, the first of four meetings, divisional games, like the importance of them. I think they're becoming bigger and bigger. And it just seems like, you know, I was having a conversation the other day. Who do you think is the biggest rival of the Maple Leafs right now? Uh, it's got to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. We've been talking about yeah. uh, that for, I think, the last four years, right? And talking about the potential first-round matchups every single year. I'm not sure if that's going to happen this year as, you know, Tampa Bay might fall out of the mix depending on their goaltending situation. Uh, but the fact that, uh, you know, they have that rivalry. But, you know, I miss the days of, you know, a Toronto and Ottawa where it was a war. You know, you made sure on a Saturday night when they were playing – that you had the TV on, <laughs> you're probably out with your buddies, or you're watching to see what was happening. So I, I miss those days with the Maple Leafs. Uh, but again, it's those games matter the most in the playoffs. So definitely, I don't mind it being Toronto, Tampa Bay right now. My answer is Toronto, Boston, just because of the history with those two franchises. And I was just having this conversation with a cousin who's a big fan of the Montreal Canadiens. I said, dude, like the rivalry's not there anymore. I just don't think Montreal has been relevant for um, you know a while now. And I just think the hatred. That is, you know, the anger is just not there like it is for like a Boston or a Tampa. But nevertheless, the Bruins are doing it again, Stewie. They're 8-0-1 through the first nine games. They've yet to lose in regulation. I honestly think the Leafs can learn a lot from the Boston Bruins, right? Like the recipe this year was like, oh, you lose Bergeron, you lose Krejci, you lose Taylor Hall. You're going to be shit. You're not going to make the playoffs. And this is the way they come out. What was it? Five of the first six uh, on the season on the road for the Boston Bruins and they sweep it like, it just shows you, and I do think the Leafs can learn a lot in terms of professionalism, how it's handled, uh, just the image that's set in that room from like even back to the Chara days, the Bergeron days when they started, just this level of professionalism that has passed through this organization is pretty epic to me. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be, if I chalk it up to professionalism, I think it just is a, a team concept and a culture saying, hey, mm -hmm. regardless of who the stars are, we're all going to play the same way. We're all going to have that accountability. We're going to buy into that system. And it comes in on hard work. And you're looking at guys like Marshan, like he's one of the hardest working guys on the ice. And you heard Colby Armstrong talk about it, playing with Crosby. It's tough for you as a middle six guy or a bottom guy to take a night off or a night, a day off in the gym, when you see your best player who's put up a hundred points being in the gym, practicing hard, stopping, uh, you know, on pucks. So that accountability I think is, is built into the ilk of the Boston. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And I think it starts with guys like Chara and Bergeron. Chara was probably the most in shape guy in NHL history. And that culture was, you knew every year, you can't show up out of shape or, you know, half in shape. Knowing that here's a guy 40 years old you know, about to kick your ass <laughs> in fitness testing. True. So I think that culture of every single little detail matters. It trickles down top to bottom and you have that accountability. And so whoever you are, a guy coming in, uh, you know exactly what's expected every single night. And we're talking about the Leafs. You know, you can't just have the Avengers save the day and win you every single game. We talked about Matthews and Marner and Nylander um, and, uh, you know, Tavares as well is – they're going to put their points up, but they're going to do those points in probably 50 to 60 of those games. There's going to be 20 games where they're probably going to be running a little bit cold. So that's where this group now needs other guys to step up. You need your middle six. You need your bottom six. You need your fourth line, uh, second pairing defenseman stepping up and having big, big games. So I think that's the issue with the Maple Leafs is you can't bring your A game every single night, but their B game is just at a lower, lower level. And teams that are true contenders every single year, when they don't have their A game, their B game is a high, high level. So I think that's something Toronto's uh, learning as a group uh, and it takes time. But again, it's, you know, we're, we'll probably be talking about it with the superstars. They, they can't do it every night. It's, it's tough. It's consistently tough to be consistent. Quote that. Yeah, I think it's a great <laughs> point. And I, I think to, to that point, it's contagious, right? Like Boston's like a wave where it doesn't matter. Like I mentioned it, McAvoy's out, Grizzlick's out tonight. You think Boston's going to play any differently, right? Like, look at last year. Bergeron missed time. Krejci missed time. And every game you knew what they were going to get. I think my biggest concern with this Leafs team, Stewie, I have no clue which team's going to show up on any given night. Like, Halloween, that was a Halloween-sized dump, I called it, at Scotiabank. <laughs> like, it, it was embarrassing. I felt for the people going to watch that team, how much money they forked out for that game. I hope the sushi was good. But I think when you look at Boston, Maybe there's a couple sleepers and obviously we're not looking directly at their schedule on a daily basis, but every night for the most part, they, they even lose like with an effort, you know, if that, if that makes sense. Whereas the Leafs, it's like, you don't know what you're going to get. And that concerns me. Yeah. But remember with this group, right? We've been talking about, um, they've been amazing during the regular season and they've been struggling in the playoffs. And, you know, I think teams like Tampa Bay lightning, they've learned when to put the gas on and, and sort of let off the gas. So I think for Toronto, they got to learn to be um, a little bit more like that where they're not necessarily focusing every game, but I think in the league, mostly, or at least when I was there, they do everything on five game segments. And if you look at the Maple Leafs based on their two five game segments, like they're, they're in pretty good shape here. They're in pretty good shape. So I know it's our job to sort of analyze every single yeah. game. And, and the one thing that concerned me against LA was, you know, the comments afterwards, you know, we struggle against a team that has structure. It's like, well, most teams have structure. <laughs> you should have structure. I talk about, I always talk about gymnastics. You could be going to the Olympics uh, for whatever it is in gymnastics, whether it's the, uneven bars, floor routine, uneven rings, uneven bars. But regardless of what your discipline is, you know how to do a backflip. Everybody at the Olympics knows how to do a backflip. Same thing. You can be a goal scorer, fighter, whatever. You know how to play with structure. You know how to play the fundamentals and the basics of team defense. So for me, you know, you're at the end of the second period, you're hemmed in your zone for um, three minutes. You know, I had coaches say, if you have to jump on the puck, pick it up and throw it over the glass and take a penalty, 
you got to have that urgency, especially in the D zone. So I think that urgency is there uh, at certain parts and in certain aspects of the game, but not at others. And I think that's something they need to learn to do. White Wolf uh, writes in Leafs are 0-1-1 since Matthew signed with Prime. <laughs> you think KSI should play a net for the Leafs? No, if, I actually uh, heard his goal. He said it took him forever to put his gear on. He could barely stand up. Yeah, who's uh, who's the goalie? Rust, we call him uh, Kasai Russ Tyler, I guess. Remember <laughs> in Mighty Ducks? <laughs> Russ Tyler put the pats on. That's what he looked like. <laughs> you would have all the things in those movies. That's what I still do not comprehend how nobody saw Russ Tyler put the pads on. No one saw the black guy. <laughs> but I want to see it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's funny. We, uh, we called uh, Devo Smith Pelly. We used to call up Devo Russ Tyler. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's but that was hilarious. my the one thing of many with those movies. I'm like, nobody realized that to begin with, that he was changing in front of them to shoot this shot. Crazy. Yeah, we talked about it. Like, it, it's funny. There's this Instagram account that goes back and that does synopsis on movies. It's like, yeah. How was Gordon Bombay allowed to coach? He just got busted for drug driving. <laughs> he shouldn't be around kids. <laughs> it's true. I always tell John Cooper he's like the uh, the real life um, Gordon Bombay without the uh, the, the DUI. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy that sort of came out of nowhere. He really, um, we had him on a show a couple of years ago. Just hearing his story, I urge all the fans to go out there and listen to that. Like he was, what was he? He was doing. He wasn't even in. He was a lawyer. And then he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll go and coach. And then he's coached Pat Maroon in the North American Hockey League, had some success to move his way up. So that, that's mm -hmm. great. I love hearing those stories. Yeah. And it's funny. The cherry on top to the whole Mighty Ducks series is that Gordon Bombay, they wrote him off because he wouldn't get his vaccination. Not having this conversation, but it was just like full circle. <laughs> anti vax I'm not touching it. that one. I'm not touching yeah, that one. <laughs> we're not touching it. We're not touching it. But nevertheless, um, I think it is a good spot for the Leafs in this game following a stinker. Having said that, everything we just mentioned, if there's one team they better be prepared for. And again, I like to compare this, like, for example, I don't know if you're watching Puck last night, Colorado. Dude, from Puck dropping that game against St. Louis, the big boys like McKinnon and Rantanen are like, fuck, this is not happening again. McCarr played last night. They had their backup Prosvitov playing. He barely saw anything. And they pounded St. Louis in a submission. That's the type of response I want from the Leafs. The Colorado came off back-to-back -back shutout losses. I need that type of response from the Leafs. I don't care who the opponent is. I think they flex their muscles and show, hey, we're a legit team in this league. Yeah, I watched actually a bit of that game. And it's, it's, it's amazing seeing the pace. <laughs> we talk about urgency and pace. But just seeing McKinnon, when he has that puck, how fast he is going straight line, direct line, full force to the net. He's like a power four taking it to the hoop too. And, and watching Makar as well, just hearing, you know, the, uh, the announcers just sort of, you know, be all gushy -eyed talking about his game, but that was a statement game being shut out the two previous games for the Colorado avalanche. And we got to come out and bury the St. Louis blues. And that's what they did. So uh, I think for Toronto, they need a little bit of a bigger response. They need to show up, but at the end of the day, win, lose or draw, it's the effort. I think it's the effort yeah. Uh, and that's something collectively that they need to have more consistently. Oh, I agree. And I just think it's tough for me to get to that conversation as a media member, or even as a fan, where it's like you're wondering where they're going to get that drive. Like, I understand we're all humans. And even if you get paid five mil or five thousand a year, it's just concerning that people are often answering or wondering the question in Toronto. Like, why didn't they show up? Why don't they have that jam tonight? Like, it's tough for me. Is it different for you because you played in the league? Yeah. And then uh, uh, people I got all over me on social media. When I said this, it's sometimes it's too hard. I've been out there on the ice and I'm like, it's too hard. It's too hard to come out of the corner, uh, you know, with Lidstrom and get to the net. It's too hard, um, you know, to block a shot. It's sometimes it's too hard, you know, to get the line and dump pucks in. <clears throat> so, you know, I go back to my days in Atlanta. I was on pace for, I think, 60, 70 points, but game 60 to 80, I think I only had one assist because I'm like, holy shit, like this is hard. This was hard. And you don't want to hear that uh, from a guy making $5 million or $8 million, but it is, it is, it's hard. Sometimes you have to take the scenic route. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're like, you just want to get off the ice. So 
for me internally. And, and again, that's why, you know, I didn't have a superstar career. There were some nights I'm like, this game is hard. So whether you try to push or not, just internally, some guys have it more. It's more built into the fabric of who they are in the hockey player. But that's why your guys like Sidney Crosby and Oveshkin and these guys winning Stanley Cups, because regardless of how hard it is, they've set the tone, they bring the effort and they push the pace for the rest of the team to follow. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I think you can lose with dignity, too. And then the unfortunate part about this Leafs team, when they lose, they lose. And it's, like, embarrassing when they lose. Like, you lose to Zamboni drivers, whereas other teams, like, maybe <laughs> Stop lose bringing that up. That's, like, five years ago, man. Come I on. was there, buddy. I, I say that on the podcast once a week. I still have PTSD from that. Well, there's night. a guy on Twitter that I think it's every single day. It's, like, 6,000 days since the Leafs lost to the Z. Is that your account, too? That's another one of your ghosts. It account, might be. Man. I don't know if you saw yesterday. I had my first fake account. Oh, Somebody's man. impersonating me on, on Twitter. That's funny. That's the golden funny. muzzy with two Z's and two Y's. Who is that? That's how you know you're successful when you got guys that are trying to clone you. That's good. That's some good. fucking pigeon. And the best part about it, this pigeon <laughs> has me blocked. So I had no clue this is happening. I had somebody in our company set step up and like, uh, send me a question mark with a screenshot. I'm like, I don't know who this bird is. I'll call. I'll call Elon for you right now. He's testing out the durability of the uh, the cyber truck there. Too. Well, you know what I had to do today. I I, I just want to see what it's about. I I paid twenty two bucks and I got verified just to see what's going on here, man. Oh man, I That's got the blue check in the account. You pay, you pay for Twitter, man. I don't pay. <laughs> I know. I think the cool thing is not to pay, but I want to check out, and I don't want people impersonating my account and my brand, man. That's integrity. Basically. I'll spam that account for you too. If you want me to, to spam <laughs> it, I will. I will on your behalf. I'll do it. <laughs> it's not a big deal, but yeah, we're looking for a big one here from the Maple Leafs of note too. Uh, I'm still waiting to find out, by the way, the Leafs are taking the morning skate probably off uh, after we go off air. So I don't, we can't tell you who the starting goalie is going to be, but who would you have tonight? Um, I, I think just based on last game, uh, I think you got to give the, the net back to Sammy, right? I know he struggled Me right too. now. He's got a 841 and 3.98 goals against uh, average, but you're for this group to think, to have success, it's not going to be a one-man show, right? And I, if you're saying, hey, Joseph Wall is going to play 60 games this year, I don't think the team's going to be great. I think it's just too hot, tough of a hill to climb, um, too much pressure as a group with what's um, expected of this group. So I think you need a tandem. So I think you're going to have to have a 40-40 split. Uh, and Sammy, I think, earned another start. So I think he knows. He's the one guy, when you talk about accountability, he's mm -hmm. the first to call out his game and says he needs to be better. I'm going to be judging not by the mistakes he's made in the past, but how do you respond? How do you respond if the team gets up? How are you going to respond in covering the angles? Are you going to be letting in weak goals? Um, how do you respond uh, after a, a not great start the other night? So I think for him, he's earned another start. Uh, but that's probably part of the plan because, yes, Joseph Walls played pretty good. But you're not going to ride with him eight out of ten games and expect to be you know, playing 700, 650 hockey. Buds, I don't know what it is with these goalies these days, but like, I feel like Jack Campbell and Ilya Samsonov went to the same school of like depreciating Val. Like, dude, they just shut the fuck up. Stop. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't need to hear from Samsonov every day, every start. Like now it's getting to a point. It's like, it's like a, you know, a pity party. It's like, oh, I should have stopped that one. I should like, I don't know if you remember Jack Campbell's time in Toronto, the guy you picked out to win the Vesna last year in Edmonton. Um, Every game after he let a goal in, he's like, I should have had that. I should have had that. Well, sorry, Jack. It's not possible. You're a goalie and the puck's going to beat you sometimes. And unfortunately, we're seeing doubt seep into the mind of Ilya Samsonov. And that's why I prefer a guy like Joseph Wall right now. But I agree with you. I think everybody's burying Samsonov. I think he's going to be okay. And in the grand scheme of things, you can't have a one-man system in there. You need insurance. You need a guy who's going to push Joseph Wall. And I expect a split just like you, Samsonov and Wall moving forward. Yeah, and let's not forget, like, Samsonov had a pretty decent year last year, right? He yep. came in, he weathered the storm, and he made everybody forget about, uh, you know, Jack Campbell the, the previous season. So I think for him, you know, you don't just turn crap overnight. Um, again, he's got to work on some things, too. And I like that accountability in the media, but eventually, yes, you got to sort of put up. But I'd rather that than uh, a goaltender that's blaming the defense or blaming, well, I didn't see the shot, or I didn't. So I, I'd rather that, hey, you know what, it's on me as opposed to pointing the flame and, and the fingers elsewhere. Yeah, definitely with you. I was just reading uh, Twitter. Um, Derek Forbert's not going to play tonight as well for the Boston Bruins. But regardless of that, I can get to a level where I, I believe it's like a shoe-in game for the Maple Leafs. Everything's stacked against Boston. I think that's worse for the Maple Leafs. 
Yeah, the, the more adversity the Boston has, I know. I mean, an, every adversity is an extra goal for them tonight. So I think they're at four. So I think for the Leafs now, they're going to have to put up five to get the W. So don't quote me on that. I'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> Do you know much about that Poitras kid? Isn't he a local product? Yeah, he's from Ajax. Uh, he played for Guelph. And again, for him to come in out of nowhere um, and not just earn a spot, but turn into the second line center just shows what type of development he had uh, in Guelph under Burnett and, and the staff there too. So, you know, I was like, Hey, no, he's young. He's got to go back to junior, but he came in and that's sort of like Bergeron. Bergeron came out of nowhere. And again, quote, I don't quote me on the story, but I believe his first training camp, he came in as a second rounder at 18 years old. The team sent him back. He was at the airport, but as he was at the airport, he got delayed and someone got hurt in Boston really? and they called him back from the airport and he never looked back. So it's almost weird how uh, I think Poitras is a second rounder as well, too. So maybe he's Bergeron incarnated, uh, but he's a great young player. And, and I, I love seeing these stories, right? Because you hear about in this market. <sighs> I've been doing my analytics. I don't think uh, since nine when's the last time a second rounder has been on this roster. It's been a Fraser long, Minton. long time. So to have Fraser a young Minton. guy. <laughs> what's that? Fraser Minton. <laughs> Where's he now again? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, I love hearing those stories. Guys come out of nowhere and break the mold or break the plan of what the organization is, earn a spot, but turn into a top live line guy. It's great to see. He's playing on the top line. Uh, that's the projection. Zaka, Poitras and Pasternak, then Marshawn, Coyle and DeBrusque. But Good for the him. thing with Boston, it's like, okay, you have years of dominance from Bergeron. And then like all of a sudden this kid shows up and he's like a stud. Like it's like, and I know the Leafs have players like that, but you're right. It's all about drafting and developing and like luck sometimes. Like it reminds me of like Nashville, how you go from Rene to Saros and then you got the, the Russian kid too. That's next. It's like, it just, it continues to go and go and go. It's nuts to me. Free Nick Robertson. Yeah. Is it? So are you, <laughs> I'm at a level and I'm happy you brought that up because uh, I don't know what your feel has been on Pontus Holmberg. I said this the other day, he's just been there. Like the, the bottom six dude is doing nothing. In fact, this is a game. I wouldn't even play Ryan Reese. Milan Lucic just hurt. He't not even playing. I don't mm -hmm. know where you're on the Revo train. I don't think you need to play him every game. I'd love to see Nick Robertson get a look here. Yeah, he's, he's doing well down in the minors, but eventually you have to decide what you have in a prospect and, and decide, hey, you know what, we're going to keep him or we're going to give him another opportunity elsewhere. And this is the guy that's dealt with some injuries, and I'm sure that's the plan. Let's see if he can stay healthy for 30 games before giving him an opportunity. But, you know, you talk about having to go out and find these left wingers to play top six. It's cost you, what, $10 million, right? $10 million where, uh, again, we talked about Pierre Dorian at the, end, at the beginning of the show. You know, where is this team's Batherson? Where's the Norris? Where, you know, yeah, you can hit on Stutzla and Kachuk, but, you know, they're having some mid-level guys, late first rounders, second round guys step in and perform. And so I think that's sort of what's missing and sort of uh, deterred uh, the Maple Leafs on their success because you have to draft and develop and have guys step in. And, you know, Holmberg, yeah, that's great, but you can't do nothing on the fourth line, especially here. You know, you're, you're essentially killing the clock and then waiting for the big buys to come out. So that's why now it's like you need to know what you have in knives. That's why you put him in a top six role and leave him there. I would not be surprised to see him with 20, 25 goals. But I think for Robertson – you know, it's staying healthy, but really giving him a legitimate opportunity. It seems like we've been talking about this story now for, for three seasons almost, right? Well, they're at a point where I think this is the year they make a decision, right? Going into next year, I think he's waiver eligible. So, like, they're going to lose him and they got to make a decision what this kid truly is at the NHL level. But uh, same lines of the morning skate, by the way. Yarn Croak, Matthews, Marner, Bertuzzi, Tavares, Nylander, Nyes, Camp, Domi, Gregor, Holmberg, Reeves, and Riley Brody, Jordana Lilligren, and uh, Lagesson and Klingberg. And, uh, Again, no confirmation on Ilya Samsonov, but David Alter tweeting out he has uh, changed, has yet again changed masks. This is the exact mask he wore last season. In his last appearance, he wore a reverse version of, of this one. So we're, we're getting mask updates on Samsonov, but the expectation is that Samsonov will go. And I, I do truly feel like that is the right decision. My thinking on it to begin with was that you put Samsonov against a team who's more defensive-minded, like Boston. That's one of my takeaways this year. They haven't been able to score like recent seasons, as opposed to like a Saturday where you, you got to get Sammy in at some point. Saturday is going to be more of an open game. You're playing Buffalo. They could score goals. So that's probably the one I'd go with Joseph Wallen. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, yeah, you try your best to ride the hot hand and again, Walsh yeah. proving to be that guy, but you know, he didn't get the win last night. He didn't get the win mm -hmm. and none of those goals are on him. I saw the end of that second period. 
the score could have been five, six, nothing right before Javara's got that power play goal. So I think for wall, you don't, I don't think you want to put that pressure of him saying, Hey, you're going to be the number one guy. You're going to have to now save this season. That's too much pressure. So I think this rotation early on, maybe for the first 20, 30 games uh, is going to be good and healthy, healthy competition where I think them pushing each other is going to be best for the team now for the final push in those last 20, 30 games. And uh, speaking of push, Sheldon Keefe uh, disclosing yesterday that Connor Timmons has been back on the ice, but is still ways away from returning lower body injury, of course. Uh, right now, would you put him ahead of anybody on the back end when, you know, including Lilligren, Giordano, Klingberg, those type of guys? Would, would, would Timmons be in that conversation to take away playing time? Well, it's it's tough, right? Because he's had some injuries, but this is the guy that's come in and put up points, especially on the power play, right? He can move the puck, make plays, and you're like, oh, you know, he hasn't been doing well the last five games, and he has four points, right? <laughs> so, you know, I'd, I'd like to see what he does with a stretch of 20, 30 games, but half the battle of that is, is staying healthy. So um, for me right now, I think what's lacking is probably a little bit more attention to detail on the D end uh, defensive side of the puck, recovering back to the net, clearing guys out of the front, making a good first pass, uh, recovering back to the house. I think that's been struggling. So I would go with a little bit more defensive minded guys too. And I think that's sort of been the struggle, right? You know, McCabe's been hurt, but that was the forte of McCabe and Brody. And when they're struggling to do that, that's the whole defensive scheme, I think, um, you know, collapses. So I'm not putting all the defensive struggles on those two guys, but when they're playing at the max and they're playing at their best, it just seems they're getting out on the offense a lot better. Uh, it's a lot cleaner game, a lot easier game on the defensive side for the Maple Leafs. What does your gut tell you uh, when it comes to the power play tonight and the Leafs uh, presumably get a look here on the PP? Who rolls out in the first power play unit? Is it going to be Klingberg or Riley again from last game? No, I'll say Klingberg. And I think he's doing his job, especially on the power play, because he's got that Makar element where you don't know where he's going left or right. And I think with um, Riley on the back end at the top there, it's more, you know, you know, he's firing it or, you know, he's probably making a pass onto his forehand to the to the left flank there, too. So I like the fact that he's a dual threat where he can go east or west and making those passes and it opens it up a little bit more and I think that's where Matthews and and Marner have been getting better looks because Klingberg at that top now is sort of you know a little bit of a magician there so um, I'd like to see Klingberg yeah shoot a little bit more as well that's Riley's uh, forte but Riley's been playing some great great hockey I I think his last five games have been the best stretch I've seen him in a while play Uh, but the power play thing's doing half decent but I like I like the fact that's the one uh, elite element of Klingberg, the fact that he he can go east, west, north, south. He can make some plays at the running the uh, the QB slot there for the. Well, that was that was my theory um, on Morgan Riley is that bringing in a guy like John Klingberg can help take away some of the game from a Riley. And you're right, like ever since it, you sort of forget last year in the regular season, he was dreadful. Again, he was banged up. We all know that. But from from that Tampa series to now, he he's looked like the number one defenseman, the guy they paid, right? He's been making some big, big, like individual plays, right? And when's the last time you saw that, right? Everyone's talking, oh, we need some more offense from Riley. And he's actually been doing that, making some big, big elite plays. So, um, again, I don't think if it's broke, you don't fix it. Uh, So I think, yeah, give a couple more games for Klingberg because I really could see him now, you know, turning this power play to an even more bigger threat, if that's even possible. Yep. So we'll see and we'll document that tonight. Of course, the... uh... Boston Bruins are always a very disciplined team. So hopefully the Maple Leafs get some power plays. I know that was sort of the bigger story the other night. Wasn't the fact that they got rinsed by the LA Kings. It was the refs were against the Toronto Maple Leafs again. And, and the stats are stats. I mean, this team does not draw as many calls as they should. And it's been that case for X amount of years. But to come out of that game and suggest it was the officials' fault, I think was a lazy, lazy narrative. They they slept walk through most of the oh. game. <laughs> Dude, and that was a, a Nashville sized hangover. It's and like I used to, I, and, I, and I and I and I as a player, like you want to see your team succeed. But I loved being in those types of games because it would be probably an extra two three minutes of ice time for me to show what I can do. So you know, for the bottom guys to sort of sleepwalk as well, that's concerning for me because you got to have that personal like, hey man, I, I got to step up. I got to show I deserve to be in the top six or on the power play. So that's the one. Thing is, as collectively as a group, they just sort of slept walk. No one made a huge, huge hit. No one really tried to do something. Or like they just sort of conceded this game, saying, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, we'll take the L and uh, hopefully get a dub in Boston." 
Yes, and uh, that's her opening from from the Maple Leafs tonight. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. By the way, uh, no confirmation. The Leafs are out there for the morning skate. No confirmation it's going to be Ilya Samsonov, but we think things are trending that way. Uh, I'm going to go with the Leafs in regulation. I just mentioned Boston, 8-0-1 through the first nine games. They have to lose in regulation at some point. I think the Stars, to an extent, knock on wood, are aligning in favor of the Maple Leafs in in this game. And I want a bit of a response after whatever that was against LA. So I like that. And uh, we talked about Tyler Bertuzzi. I would look heavily at the shot prop. I think it's going to be around two and a half the number. Point prop, anytime goal. I think you want to sprinkle on Tyler Bertuzzi tonight. Yeah, he's due for a big, big game. And uh, I'm not sure if it's a prop or not, but I think the fourth line is going to be in the plus column tonight. That's my one. That's my one prediction I think is going to happen too. So I don't think you can make a bet on that or not. But uh, what was it again? uh, The fourth line coming out in the plus column. Okay, so you're 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 prognosticating like a Revo goal or something. Yeah, yeah, going off his leg or his head or his, his Halloween mask. One of the one they of the they <laughs> they can use one though, man. Like <laughs> that's the thing. You watch other teams around this league, and they're 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 tertiary. Their their fourth line guys are are stepping up here, and we've yet to see it from the Leafs. I mean, I'm not to expect it every game. Like you know, Gregor's had his moments. Uh, Camp's been invisible, like offensively, which we expected. Reeves is not an offensive guy. But they need to find a way to help the big boys sometimes chip in a goal here and there, right? Yeah, you can't have zeros across the board. I always, yeah. I think I told you the story of Clark MacArthur. Every time I came back from Florida with zero goals, zero assists, zero points, zero penalty minutes, he'd be like, ooh, the ghost is back, <laughs> the ghost. <laughs> so you can't be a ghost. You got to find a way to get on the stat sheet. That's that's my uh, my advice for the bottom six. Clarky's living the life, man. We had him on the podcast a couple months ago he's like yeah i'm golfing with gretzky golfing with jordan like he i I saw him at elbow room at all-star weekend last year like he's having the time of his life uh, must be nice must be nice no we're good friends our wives are actually really good friends as well too it's good to see that he's uh, healthy and doing well let's hope he's at all-star weekend in toronto this year it sounds like you have big plans which is great to hear yeah, yeah, we got to get uh, I owe Pagnon probably about a thousand beers, so I got to find a way to pay him back and what uh, best place to do it in your own uh, backyard. It's going to be a great time, and uh, let's hope it's not minus infinity here in Toronto for All Star Weekend. So, Stewie, we'll leave it at that. Appreciate today, buddy. Perfect. Thanks for having me on, as always. Let's uh, let's hope you don't leave the show before I ended here, okay? Let's confirm <laughs> we're not going to do this. Last time, we're like, see you later. <laughs> Got to walk I'm new to this. I'm new to this. Come on. I'm new to this. No, no, you're killing it so far. So that's Anthony Stewart. I'm Nick Alberga. You guys in the chat, great stuff as per usual at the Leafs Nation 401, uh, where you could subscribe. Leafs Morning Take, uh, wherever you find your podcast as well, and we'll pop up. We'll be back tomorrow. By the way, Rear Admiral of Spit and Chicklets is going to drop by to join me and Jay Rosal. So we'll talk then and go Leafs go against the Boston Bruins tonight. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com.